Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. My name is Pastor Jason. I got a couple announcements for us. One of them is there's a man named Navraj. Where are you at, Navraj? Is that how you say it? That's Operation Christmas Child. If you, he's going to be around with a table. If you want to uh, work, volunteer hours for Operation Christmas Child, he'll tell you how you can get involved. One of our mission partners. Glad you're here. Thank you very much. We got a fall celebration just after this. I must have preached a bad sermon. There's only like 20 people in here, but I still love you guys. <laughs> you guys are the troopers. I love it. That's good. Um, right after this, there's a fall celebration in the fellowship hall. So don't dilly-dally. Just move right in there because there's assigned tables. There's, there's, there's all kinds of stuff. And we, I think we've ordered close to 200 sandwiches. So I, I think uh, we're going to need... Nobody leaves until every sandwich is gone. <laughs> That's what I think. And then we got a movie coming up next Saturday, September 28th, on the back lawn here at Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. From 6 to 9, we'll be watching Inside Out. I don't know if you've already seen that feature film, but it's a pretty good one. It's a little sad. I might cry a little bit. And then make sure at some point during the service, pass your fellowship paths down the way. And let's stand and greet each other in the name of the Lord. Is this thing on yet? Breaker, breaker. The 28th and the 31st, my brother, my sister, and I are going to Colorado to see my sister. That is wonderful. Dusty, I like you, buddy. All right, everybody, what's going on around here? It's like a, the wheels are off the wagon. I guess you guys like each other too much. That's wonderful. It's a wonderful thing to have. Let's stand for this morning's call to worship, and we'll roll straight into a hymn of praise, Come Christians Join to Sing. So we're going to roll straight into it. You got that? No, you're going to go into it. Okay, intro it first. We're not going to roll into anything. Sit back down, I guess. Yeah, sit back down. That's what I think. I was just doing, I'm doing, we're doing up-downs. Haven't you ever done P.E.? Hey. Okay. Everybody looked really angry at me right there. We're, we got we to gotta pray. Okay? We're doing Sabbath. Now, this morning we are learning more about the Sabbath rest. And I want to have us ask a question in our minds as we're opening and listening to the chorus, as, as we're praising God. How well do you receive things? How well do you receive things? How good are you at getting things? Please join me in a word of prayer. Gracious God, too often we ignore your gracious redemption, redemptive act in our lives. We forget to remember that we need not be enslaved by anxiety and loss of confidence. We forget our deep connection to our neighbors. Forgive us, O oh God, in the name 
of Jesus we pray. And all God's people said. Sorry about that, Cornell. Everybody, please be seated. I meant for me to pray and you to sing as we listen to you sing to prepare our hearts for worship. So let's listen to the choral intuit, which you actually you prepared, right? Isn't that a thing you guys have done? Sorry, Cornell. Okay. Sorry for the up-downs, too. Goodness gracious. Deep breath, everybody. <laughs> okay, myself included. That was crazy. Okay. Are you going to sing something? But didn't you prepare a choral intro? Yeah, do it. I want to hear what you guys prepared, right? Would you please sing the choral into it right now, Cornell? <laughs> and then after this happens, send the children forward and we'll do a children's message. Is everybody okay with that? Okay. Okay.
thanks for your grace. Cornell, that was amazing, right? So those guys are worth it listening for. Let's send our children up. Don, you got something, right? One.
that feeling of, oh, how awesome this is. Or those of you in Huntington Beach, you're looking out towards the earth, and we've had some beautiful sunsets lately. Have any of you in your hands seen a really pretty sunset lately? <laughs> all right, all right. That inspires us, but the Creator created this. And we don't stop and thank Him for that. Um, so, but not all of God's awesomeness this, such as uh, on such a large scale, but they're all equally awesome. So, I'm going to tell you that there's a commercial. I don't know what the car is. My dad's mechanic, my three brothers could tell you cars, makes, and models what to go down the street. Dad would say, What does that mean? say it's a red car. <laughs> Um, but there's this commercial, and this beautiful operatic singer comes out, and maybe you've seen it. She's dressed in orange flowing down, and she starts in this beautiful car and it's spellbound. So, what happens? I hear it again, and again, and again, and I mute the uh, show, and that commercial go. And we do that too as people. Children of God, people of God. We often mute God's awesomeness because we don't stand still and take the time to observe His many awesomeness. <coughs> and they're there. All you have to do is look at them. Today we have flowers decorating uh, what an awesome display of nature's beauty. And who gets the credit? One, two, three. God. God does get the credit. And every one of the petals on every one of those flowers, you can turn look at it, they're there by the design of our Creator, and they serve a purpose. But sometimes we walk right past them and don't take the time to stop. So my message today, my challenge for you, is at least once today, and then twice tomorrow, and three times on Tuesday. And then you can stop at three until you get this down to this practicing perfect. And we walk along, and then all of a sudden, just stop and look around you. And something will take your attention and walk over to that something and say, Glory to be God, you're such an awesome creator. And you created that just for me. And thank you for making me stop and pay attention to the awesomeness. Our God is an awesome God. What is He? Awesome. awesome. All right. So that concludes my little talk. Remember the challenge today. Find somewhere. And you just will feel it. You'll get a feeling. God is saying, stop. Bless me still. And let me show you my great works. Let's sit in there. Lord God, you are an awesome God, full of awe and wonder, on large scale and on small scale. We sometimes push the new button on the small scale of your awesome story. Help us sit through and watch your awesome. To do that, we can stop and be still and look and then thank you. Thank you, God. You are so awesome. In this name we pray. Amen. Amen.
The proof of God's amazing love is this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And because we have faith in him, we dare to approach God with confidence. So in faith and in penitence, let us confess our sins before God and one another together. Lord of the Sabbath, hear our prayer. It is hard for us to stop working and harder still to stop worshiping work. We confess that our busyness often substitutes for our holiness. Forgive us, Lord, and help us to be still, knowing you more deeply. Patient Lord, we schedule our lives down to the very second. We crowd in as much activity as we can and then wonder why we are so stressed out and tired. We are afraid to miss out on anything. And when it comes to time to be with others, we spend our time worrying about details rather than truly being present. Forgive us when we get so caught up in the details and miss the opportunity to sit at your feet, learning, listening, growing in our faith. God of rest, grant that our souls can find rest in you. Amen. Hear the good news. Who? Who among us is in a position to condemn? Look around. No one. Only Christ. And Christ died for us. Christ rose for us. Christ reigns in power for us. Christ prays for us. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old life has gone and the new has begun. Know that you are forgiven and be at peace.
Praise the Lord. We're in a series on Sabbath. Let's be still. We started off by learning it's the crucial bridge between the first four and the last six. We then moved into It's a way to stand against this anxious culture and find peace in the Lord of the Sabbath. Today we learn how it's an invitation. It's an invitation to receive. Let's open our word to Deuteronomy chapter 5, and I'll read verses 12 through 15. Observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy, as the Lord your, command, as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male or female slave or your ox or your donkey or any of your livestock or the resident alien in your towns so that your male and female slave may rest as well as you. Remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now you notice we're, we're reading from Deuteronomy. We've read from the Exodus when God first gives the Ten Commandments, and this is the second law. In fact, how many of you have favorite words? Yeah? What's your favorite word? Oh, not... <laughs> That's our worship leader this way. Okay. <laughs> no, like, <laughs> that went the wrong direction. You know, sometimes I open it up, and I didn't expect that. Okay. I'm thinking, like, ficus. You know, like, some people like to say ficus. I love to say... Uh, what, what, you had a clean one, <laughs> sir? <laughs> I didn't know I had to do that. But okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. That's, we should all just close in prayer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> my favorite, one of my favorites, is Deuteronomos. Deuteronomos. Isn't it fun to say? Say that. Deuteronomos. 
That's this book in Greek. It's Deuteronomos, the second law. Deuteronomos, namas law. The second law. I also like to say Ozo Tajuni in French, just in case anybody wants to say that's the United States. And in Hebrew, Echad, I don't know, I just like the Gadaroch. Anyway, Deuteronomos, it's the second law. We're living, it, Moses, or the book of Moses includes this book, and it's just a repetition of the laws that were given. And in the second one, there's the second telling of this, there's some differences in their key, okay? Um, first, we'll go verse by verse. Observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded it. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. I see this verse, this opening of this second giving of these Ten Commandments is as an invitation to reorient our lives. To re-envision how we live. Notice, we work six days and on the seventh we rest. And this invitation to reorient means sevening our lives taking that day of rest to reorient those first six days of work. Entering into the rest of God so that it frees up when you're working to reflect upon what God has taught you that last Sabbath or to sustain you. Do you follow me by sevening our weeks? This is an invitation to seven our weeks in that we take this day of rest and it becomes a part of us. It becomes a pattern. And all of a sudden, we start becoming Sabbath people. That when we work, we have a little bit of rest mixed in with it. We have a little bit of time with God mixed in with it. What do you receive with this? I think you receive contentment. You receive contentment. I'll tell you a story. This weekend, just even this weekend, I'm going into um, the weekend and I have a lot on my plate. Our first session meeting was last month and it went way too long and everybody was a little grumpy with me. And there's all these details that are popping up and I'm, I'm, I'm the least at rest person I know at, at the moment when I wake up on Friday morning. I've got all these things rolling through my head. My kids come in and they read Jesus Calling. You know, it's that, it, but the children's version. And it's shake it off. Shake off the world so that you can listen to God and let him, let him in. And something about this particular Friday, something about the way that my son was reading it, something, I don't know what happened, but I was invited by God to open up and rest and receive. And, I, and I, all these things started like popping in my head. I'm so tight and I'm so not ready to receive. I'm so 
from the six days, I'm just like this. And I got this picture of me being like this. And then I thought, man, what, what's going to help me? What's going to open me up? And then a, a picture of Pachi and Troy, it flashed in my head. And they were playing Nerf Wars with my children. I, I had to, we had, Malia and I were cruising around, and Pachi and Troy had graciously given us some time to ourselves and was babysitting, came home, and I almost wish I hadn't done it because every turn, like all our furniture was turned over, and there were people shooting rockets at each other's faces all over my house, and I was like, what is this? But that popped in my head, and I was like, I haven't done a Nerf war with my children in this house yet. I sevened my week, and all of a sudden it opened up, and I wasn't the jerk I have to, like I feel like I have to be. I wasn't that guy that was caught in the rut of work, 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 get it done, get it done. I was stop, let life in. This first verse is an invitation to all of us in this room. Open up. Let your guard down. Follow God's command. Work six days. Put a, put a pin in it. Open up and sit and rest at his feet. Just like insert Don's children's message right here about the awesomeness of God, about how we mute God's amazing voice. Stop. Receive. Next couple verses. But the seventh day, seventh of the day, you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male or female slave or your ox or your donkey or any of your livestock or the resident alien in your towns so that your male and female slave may rest as well as you. Remember that you were a slave in the land. Oh, I just passed what I was focusing on. Hold on a second so that your male and female slave may rest as well as you. The NIV simplifies it, like you. The Sabbath is the great equalizer. It's an invitation to see one another as the neighbors we are. I used to be a pastor up in San Marino. A lot of bigwigs up in San Marino. I don't know if you've ever been there. The CEO of Wells Fargo, the co-founder of eHarmony, all these big guns with all this money. You know what that gets you in the church? That and a, cup of, that and a quarter will give you a cup of coffee. Remember what coffee cost a quarter or something? That's the saying, right? Does anybody remember that saying? Yes. Okay, good. I'm not crazy. Well, I'm crazy, but not crazy in this particular point. On the Sabbath, there's no wealthy, there's no poor. There's no in, there's no out, there's no clubs. There's you and me resting as we are. Creatures created by God. We see ourselves as we really are. 
There's no pressure to compete against one another. There's no pressure in this room or amongst these people to shine, to be better than everybody else. You know what we receive when we're in this room, when we're in with these people, with this crew right here, the children of God? We all receive at the same time validation. You are a child of mine. I made you as is. You are beautiful, not because of what you do, not because of what you try, not because of who you're better than. It's because I made you. That's why. It's the great equalizer. It's an invitation to receive your identity and to see the people to your right and to your left as non-competitors. There's plenty of God. There's plenty of God. You, you don't have to be the best Presbyterian. You don't have to be the best Christian. Verse 15, it says this. Remember that you were, were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath. Now, in the Exodus passage that we've been studying, the motive, the motive for us to keep Sabbath is to participate and be with God because God rested. You remember that? We're invited to rest because God is a Sabbath God and he rests. What's the motive here in, in Deuteronomos? Remember Egypt. Our motive is to be remember the Passover, remember the Exodus event, remember Egypt. First, you remember Egypt. You remember their drive. You remember they, they had you as slaves. You remember how dark and competitive it was. Do you remember how you had, to, you had to beat everybody? Remember how dark it got. Now, the, the Israelites at this point are not under the, the rule of, of Egypt, and they're not slaves. And Moses is recognizing and God is recognizing through Moses that prosperity brings amnesia. When we have it good, we forget when it, what it was like when we had it bad. And Moses says, and God says through Moses, your motivation for, for entering into Sabbath is to remember how dark it got. And remember how that darkness brings the, the light and it brings it brighter than it was before. But he also says, remember Egypt? Also remember the Exodus. Remember you and me when we were saved. Remember that God saved us. Remember that God sustains us. 
Remember that God blesses and blesses and blesses. That final part is an invitation to receive salvation, sustenation, sustainability. I don't know what that word is. That didn't come out. I don't know. And blessings upon blessings. I said in my first sermon, it's like standing in a shower with all just the blessings showering down upon you. I want to read a quote. Malia said, don't read from this book. Every time you do, the people don't understand. I'm going to read, and I'm going to disobey my wife. I don't know what that says about Scripture, but this is too good of a quote. He put it too well. Sabbath is an invitation to receptivity, an acknowledgment that what is needed is given and not be seized. Did you follow that? It's a recognition, it's a, it's a rec- recognizing the truth. What you need, God gives, and He gives abundantly. And you don't have to seize anything. We just get. I, uh, I'm having trouble with this. I'll be honest, I'm a pastor, I'm, and I'm in the Sabbath, and I'm, I've been having trouble resting. And as I, as I whirled into this weekend, and God opened me up, and he was pouring all this stuff out of me, he was reminding me that he's taking care of it all. I don't know how I, I lose sight of that, but he, I always, I, you do, right? You forget, who got me to this job? And what was Don's thing? Who made the sunset? Yeah. Who makes this beautiful ocean? Who, why do we keep, why, why do I, I'm not going to make, I'm going to throw guilt on you guys. Why do I keep doing this? Why do I keep forgetting? Even in preparation, I was really scared. I'm, I, I get nervous. I get all this stuff. I get all these problems and stuff like that. I wake up and I get a text from this pastor in the Midwest somewhere. His name's Jamie something. I met him once at a congregational thing, and he prays for me every Sunday. And he prayed for me this Sunday, and he texted it to me, and he says, may, may you get your identity not from what people think of you, but from the God who made you. How is that on the day that I'm whirling in and preaching about this? And then I come in, and a guy I used to work with in San Marino, a guy, Reverend Dr. Don Maddox, I don't even know if he's a doctor. He's an honorary doctor in Jason's life. Anyway, Don Maddox comes in, and he mailed me a box full of these old dictionaries. He's a pastor since 1907. I don't know how long he's been a pastor, but Reverend Don Maddox has been around every block. Anyway, he mails me all these dictionaries and all these biblical commentaries, and he just says, man, I had you on my mind, and as you come into your installation service, go get them. And I had that waiting for me. Elsie, when did that come? Thursday. This is an invitation. This text is an invitation. It's an invitation to seven your lives. Put your rest with God at the top of the pile. It's back to that first sermon. Clear out your scale. Like, look at your daily calendar and put on there. Go with God. Spend some time with God. Turn the TV off. Eat a meal together with your family. Turn off the devices. 
Turn off, put the newspaper down. Conversate with one another. Rest in the God who made you. It's an invitation also to remember. Remember, God has saved us. He, he sustains us, not before, not after, just right on time. And he not only does that, he heaps blessings upon blessings upon us. Practically. Pragmatically. On your way home. Talk with your families. Talk with your spouse. Talk with your friend. Talk with whoever's stuck with you in the car. About how you can interject resting with God together sometime during the week. What does that look like? Does it look like stopping everything? I know young mothers will punch me in the face if it means that, because <laughs> there's no way that's going to happen. Maybe it means just getting some huddle time together as a family and watching a movie together next Saturday. Come over here. Maybe it means if you're a husband, walk into the door and say, you're not working the rest of the day. I'm going to do all the dishes or I'm going to take you out to lunch or dinner or whatever. Seven your life. Seven your week with your family. Maybe on the way home, maybe you schedule a time to remember where you come from. Let's talk about the darkest days of our family sometime this week. What we've made it through. How God has brought us through it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit. Your spirit inside us, help us to seven our weeks and receive contentment from you. Help us to remember. Remember that you have saved us. You sustain us. And knock it out of our minds that there's competition within this body for your attention. Help us truly realize you have enough. You are enough. Help us to see one another as the true neighbors that we are. And all God's people said, please stand and let's sing softly and tenderly.
we sit and reflect about how much God has saved us and moved in our lives, if we, well, we got the rain stick? That was beautiful. That was a movement. Rain stick, go. Never mind. I think a natural inclination is us to be more gracious. You know how hurt people hurt people, right? Blessed people bless people. If we sit and we have Sabbath and we seven our weeks and we realize that God has not only saved us, but sustains us and blesses us, that starts to seep in and we want to be gracious and giving to one another. I don't think this microphone's on. Do you know if that's microphone's on? Okay, good. Maybe I should come down here more. That's why everybody keeps complaining. They can't hear me, huh? Anyway, praise the Lord. That's a different story. But as we realize how much we've been given, let's give. Let's give in this plate. Let's give in our lives. Let's give at the drive through line in the fast food place. Buy somebody their meal behind you. We're Sabbath people. We rest in God and we are blessed and we're rich. Let's give from that place. This morning's tithes and and offerings are now received. One day the heaven was filled with his praises. One day when sin was as black as could be Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin dwelled among men my example is he the word became flesh and the light shined among us his glory revealed living he loved me Dying he saved me, buried he carried my sin far away. Rising he justified, freely forever. One day he's coming, oh glorious day, oh glorious day. One day they led him up Calvary's mountain. One day they nailed him to die on a tree. Suffering and anguish, despised and rejected. Hearing our sins, my redeemer is he. The hand that healed nations stretched out on a tree took the nails for me, but living he loved me, died. 
Now let us go before God in a time of prayer. Compassionate God, may the offering of this ministry of intercession overflow with thanksgiving to you. May we not only offer our prayers, but may we contribute to the needs of the saints and extend hospitality to strangers. We pray today for strained relations between nations especially as the situation between Iran and Saudi Arabia and the United States is becoming more volatile 
and our troops are being sent to Saudi Arabia. We pray for peace and a peaceful resolution to the situation. We pray for all involved in decision-making, that they may be wise beyond measure. We pray for our nation, the president and other leaders as they make decisions and deal with issues that involve all of us. We pray that in all things, liberty and justice may prevail. The nations have gathered and they are discussing environmental concerns, something that affects every one of us. We pray that through all these minds coming together, there may be workable solutions that will help us not to destroy our world. We pray for all affected by violent weather, rains, floods, storms, and the after effects of the hurricane. Many people are living in unsafe or hazardous conditions and still have great need of our prayers. Bring relief to them and help them to restore their lives. And may they turn to you for refuge. O oh God, you call upon us as a nation to love our neighbor, and we see anything but love for one another. We need your help, your intervention. We know that in your eyes every life is precious. Bring an end to violence. Stay the hands that are raised in anger and help us to live together in peace, loving and caring for one another as you ask. Strengthen the ties that bind peoples together for good. Compassionate God, for all who are well or are healing from illness or surgery, we give you thanks, knowing that the gift of health is precious. Hear us now as we name in our hearts those whose illnesses or injuries are on our minds. We pray for the many in this congregation who need your healing touch. This morning we pray for Stephanie as she recovers from surgery. Bring her again to full health. We pray for healing for all who are afflicted with cancer. And we lift Joan Clamp up to you and ask that you be with her. Give her relief. Give her peace, we pray. Remember in your mercy the poor and needy, the unemployed and disabled. Comfort those who mourn. Use us to bring your love and your presence to those who are hurting. Eternal God, you draw near to us in Christ. Amid the activities of our daily lives, make us attentive to your voice and alert to your presence that we may treasure your word above all else. We ask this through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debt, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now would you please stand for the singing of our final Maybe I'll skip it. No, I hurt myself. Uh, come help me eat 200 sandwiches right after this. And then now let's, let's receive this, this morning's uh, benediction. May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your heart and your mind today, tomorrow, and forevermore. May it be so. Amen.